This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Self-care must move beyond commoditized self-care notions put forth by profit-driven health and wellness industries if we want to break out of man-box mindsets. Self-care is not a standalone practice, but a way to be in harmony with one's body and identity. Our first step towards disbanding harmful conditioning lies in naming these man-box mindsets so we can empower everyone to trust their bodies, prioritize their health, and overcome barriers to self-care especially men living in community with other men. There's more to self-care than just taking care of your body. There is an interconnection between mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being, and each deserves equal attention and protection. Valeria interviews Tish St. Mary. She is a relationship and health coach who works exclusively with men to help them navigate their personal and professional relationships with greater ease and confidence. With over 20 years of experience as a pharmacist, Tish brings a unique perspective to her coaching practice, leveraging her expertise in health and wellness to help her clients achieve optimal physical and emotional well-being. As a coach, Tish is known for her empathetic and supportive approach, helping men to feel heard and understood as they work through their challenges and achieve their goals. Drawing on her background as a woman in a male-dominated field, Tish is able to offer a feminine perspective on relationship dynamics and communication helping her clients to develop more effective ways of connecting with those around them. Whether working one-on-one or in a group setting, Tish is dedicated to helping men achieve their full potential in all areas of their lives, from their personal relationships to their careers and beyond. With her guidance, men can build stronger, more fulfilling relationships and take control of their physical and emotional health, ultimately living happier, more balanced lives. Meet Tish at tishstmary.live and youtube.com backslash at sweet Tish. Here's the interview with Tish St. Mary. In your own words, who is Tish St. Mary? Well, thank you so much for having me. My name is Tish St. Mary. And who am I? I am a health and relationship coach, but who am I actually? I am a simple woman that just love people, even though I am an introvert, but I really like to just understand people, understand and, you know, see them in a childlike state at the most innocence of people, even though they may be acting difficult or, you know, really hard to relate to. So I just believe in having a servant heart. So that's the embodiment of me is always having a servant heart and always looking for ways to make someone else feel better and feel good about themselves. Mm, I love that. And we just talked about um, your name, St. Mary. Yes. <laughs> and the embodiment <laughs> of that purity and innocence. Um, that's beautiful. Yes, I appreciate my dad for giving me that name. <laughs> yes, right. Just mentioned him. And where's your dad now? I didn't ask that off record. I'm asking, just came to me that question. Where is he? Oh, yeah, he's he's in the United States. Um, we are from South Carolina. Yeah. Um, a place near um from near Charleston, South Carolina. So we are good country folks. And so yeah, my mom and my dad, they're still together for over fifty years. Uh, for almost fifty years. Uh, um, yeah, so that's where he is, just you know, being awesome. <laughs> ah, yes, okay. Hello, Dad. <laughs> hey Dad. Yeah, if he, he listens to this, right? Yeah, he reminded me of um, innocence and purity just before the interview, talking to you, your last name. Beautiful reminder for all of us, actually. 
So my second question to you, Tish, is um, since you are a relationship health coach, what is your idea of love? What is your understanding of what love is? That is a very good question. And that can be very broad, but to niche it down to what I believe love is, love is giving. Love is reciprocation. Love is always looking at the best in someone. So even if someone is not at their best, you always just look at them and go peel back the layers of why they may be a certain way, why they may not be happy, and how can you give and serve to get them to be their best selves. So that's to me is this love is this giving and how you can specialize that love that giving to that particular person of that moment. Yes, that makes a lot of sense to me. When you say giving, is that actually the idea behind it is to give without expectations or that could be part of it too? Um, That could be a part of it. I do believe in, you know, healthy love. And of course, with it depends on the kind of relationship. Yeah. Uh, but just yeah. in general, yeah, I mean, because you could meet a complete stranger. Like, for example, I can see a complete stranger, look at them, see that they're probably not in the best mood and just say, you know what? You have a really nice dress on or mm-hmm. I love that hair color. Just something to kind of make them aware of the moment and, uh, you know, let them know that they are appreciated and they are seen. So um, that's, you know, just so the giving aspect, it doesn't have to be reciprocation, depends on the relationship, but just giving, just spreading love. I mean, we can hate people that don't we don't even know, but I want to, why not give love to someone you don't even know as well? Mm, yes. You know, that's another beautiful message um, for all of us. How do you feel or think that we get to this point? What makes somebody to love everything and want to give and some other people to do quite the opposite? Having a purpose being, well, first you have to start with the foundation. And the foundation is just being happy with yourself, understanding yourself, wanting to be the best person. Like when I coach the gentleman I coach, I always make it clear or just anyone in general, if you want that great kind kind of love, you got to first be a great kind of person. Mm. You can't expect, you know, all this wonderfulness and greatness if you, you know, don't have the foundation within yourself. So, you know, I did a lot of work. I went through a lot in my life. I've been married on a couple of occasions. I did a little bit too much loving, Uh, you know, but I wasn't Uh healthy. So whenever you at your healthiest self, that's when you're able to give. When you are aware of yourself, then you are aware of other people and, you know, as well. So just really working on you, getting down to the core of who you are and what your purpose is. Because otherwise, how can you spread love or how can you give when you can't even do it for yourself in the right way? That is very much true. It has been my experience, too. Yeah. Trying to give to others what I didn't have to give to myself. Mm -hmm. And that it drove me into a lot of suffering, unnecessary suffering. And would you say that that's what it takes for most of us to get to know ourselves and work on ourselves is uh, suffering or we can learn in a different way? That man, you asking all of the most beautiful questions. A lot of times you have that's just anything in life. You know, you almost have to hit rock bottom to really appreciate, you know, because we all are programmed to do just bump mm. along in life. You know, <laughs> yes. love is just like an expectation or, you know, a hope or a dream or whatnot. But you actually have to work, you know, at it. You have to. So. It's more appreciated. And I think you give better when you've gone through the rock bottom. But some people, they're just brilliant, just like just brilliant people in any kind of genre of work or life. Some people just they just come out just doing it right. But I think the, in my opinion, I would love to know your opinion. I think you have to go through some type of rock bottom to really give that fullness, that richness, that deepness, because you've been there, done that. And you know, you know, the avenues of how to be better because you pull yourself out of it. What do you think? Mm, yes, I absolutely agree. And from that perspective of um, 
suffering in this in this lifetime and then those that we perceive as being born wise i believe that they probably have done the work in different lifetimes why that's, right. that's why they're here why, they appear to be wise but because they have done the work already yes i absolutely right. agree it takes experience right tish yes. to really know right right i mean empathy and sympathy i mean how can you really have sympathy for someone or empathy if you haven't really had that pain, that same, you know, pain point that they had in some way, shape or form, you know, otherwise this is going to be surface. Is this, you know, you can teach the theory of it, but you know, what about the real life lessons of, you know, the heart of it? Yeah, that's it. I absolutely agree. What inspired you to become a relationship and health coach? Tish? I just, you know, we were talking earlier about just having that gift. I always, at my job, because I'm a full-time pharmacist as well, and I've always had people just drawn to the words I say. or And sometimes I'm just saying stuff that's so natural to me, huh. but they act like I said the greatest things. And so I had to realize that I am gifted in the fact that God has blessed me with wisdom and a soft heart to be able to have discernment on what a person needs are without even knowing them. Why keep that wisdom and that gift to myself? I help people with that. You know, a lot of times we have imposter syndrome where we just take things of ourselves for granted. But if it's that one, even that one teeniest little thing that you can do, expand it and make someone else better. You see, recognizing the gift is very important. Yes, um, it is. Uh, I said earlier off record, courage. Courage to me, it's doing something despite of fear or, or the sense of, um, it's almost like being comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's what it is. Because a lot of times for the body, mind, it's not easy. In my case, I'm an introvert too. So it was not mm -hmm. easy to just uh, do the things that I'm doing today. So I don't know if that's, Courage, the word is courage, but uh, it's, it really, it takes something that we have to dig deeper <laughs> to right. really, right, to externalize. It's not as, it's simple, but it's not easy. It, it is. I mean, you really, like you said, you do have to dig in deep because there are even times where I can hear, you know, a client's problem and I'm like, whoo, I don't know if I can deal with this. I don't know if I have it in me, but that's when you have that gift and that gives you the confidence to push forward and just having to serve someone, knowing that they're in need and they come to you as the solution. It's, and it's not like, you know, yes, we may promote ourselves. We may let people know about our services, but you almost have to see it as divine intervention as well. Out of all of the coaches they can go to, out of all the people they can talk to, here I am, here you are. What do you know? So it's almost it's almost like a duty. It's almost your duty. Yes, yes. It's stronger than our constructed ideas, right? We just right. kind of transcend them. What is your understanding of spirituality these days? Um, yeah, from your perspective, Tish, what is to be spiritual? Spiritual is having a foundation. You have to have some type of foundation, some type of belief to keep us anchored as human beings. So, you know, whatever your spirituality, whatever your concepts of that, you know, even if it's, you know, meditation or whatever, but you have to have a ground zero to anchor you. So when things go wrong in life, which they will, because we're human in this life, you always can come back to that ground zero of, okay, this is my belief. This is what, you know, my belief says to do. This is how I'm supposed to move accordingly during these turbulent times. So yeah, we have to have something to anchor us. We just can't shoot from the hip. We have to shoot from the gut. <laughs> so it's just, you know, so to me, yeah, spirituality, I'm very spiritual. It's everything I base my everything off of. I have to. I have to have that foundation or I just feel like I'm just floating off in the air. Just, what mm. is my point? <laughs> yes. Yeah. How would you describe that, the ground zero, your belief systems? Um, with Well, me personally, um, I am, I'm a Christian. So, you know, just from the Bible and everything, all of the teaching. So that's my ground zero. So I just, you know, look to the stories in the Bible as instructions 
I mean, cause you know, the stories are, you know, stories, but it's a, basically an instruction book from, you know, my standpoint. Yeah. So that's my ground zero. So like I say, even if it's meditation, if you have, you know, like some issues or whatnot or stress, you always go back to whatever breathing techniques or, you know, I'm not really a big um, meditation person, but you know, what, however to pull you through those difficult times and keep you grounded. So it's really a hard, it's almost intangible to describe, but, but it's, it's something that's so cemented and needed. Like I said, it's the foundation. <laughs> How interesting that you say that, right? Sounds abstract, but it's what grounds us, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I never thought about that until I had to say it. <laughs> ah, yes. That's very insightful. Thinking about the essence of who we are. That's really energy that cannot be described, cannot be seen, cannot be touched. Even though we are in this physical form, that it seems so solid, but the essence, mm -hmm. it's not solid. It's abstract, completely abstract, in right. invisible. So that makes a lot of sense to me, what he just said. It's very okay, insightful in a, in a <laughs> wonderful way. So another question, the, one of the initial questions for you is that it's, I know you work with men. So why men only? Um, because I believe it's based really off of my father. And to give full disclosure, I've been, I'm a relationship coach, but I've been married multiple times. I did a podcast recently how I blame my father for all of my misgivings in my marriage, <laughs> even though I'm accountable. But I say that because he's given me so much emotional and psychological safety as a child. And, you know, it's hard to find that these days. And it just made things really difficult for me. And I'll take accountability. I wasn't the best person, but I, I definitely have done the work and grown. I teach the men because they are the ones that we are in a relationship with. And it's just so important to get clear on what women need, what we desire in relationship, how, you know, the basis of taking care of themselves, because how can they really take care of us and our family if they're not taking care of themselves? So basically, I don't want to sound off-putting, but they are kind of the root of the relationship, you know, so if you can work with the root and get them on board on what we need, and then we kind of take care of the whole system of the family and the community. Mm. That's my, that's my concept. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah, I have to agree at that level that yes, women tend to kind of grow faster in a sense of being more curious and more open to life. It's almost in a sense that we don't mm -hmm. see ourselves as objects. So we almost like can do anything. You see so many women, they do so much. I mean, myself too, included. Right. I cannot believe it. Like you don't stop <laughs> doing things. And then men, they get tired so quickly. They're all about, oh my God. And, you know, not in a self-care way, unfortunately, but my husband actually is good at it. But some, most men are not. Mm -hmm, I know. Are. That's one of the main topics today, the importance of self-care for men. We have this tendency to grow faster than men. We are open to growing. We, I mean, and our whole society is based off of, I mean, women, we're just wonderful. Whatever we are given, we know how to make it magic. We are, that's just our gift. That's just being a woman, period. Whereas men, everything, I, I kind of see it as more manual. It's not that magical thing per se. And so, but you know, so we're these, these awesome magical creatures and men are awesome in their own right. But how can we bridge the both worlds together so we can all be happy and healthy and whole? Because the divorce rate is what, 50 to 60 percent for the first time marriages. So, you know, let's get to, OK, women, we're the type if you give us something, like I said, we're going to make it magic. We're going to make it awesome. So let's get the men to know how to extract that best out of us. And then it'll be the best for our children and it's the best for our communities. So basically, men need some help, basically, in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Not to say that we, we don't. Everyone needs. But um, yes, right. I understand, Tish, that men, right. yeah, they do need help. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for cleaning, helping me clean that up. <laughs> yes. You know, I see that uh, with my husband that 
they tend to act a lot from, let's say, experience of what worked and what didn't work. They right. don't tend to have the strong intuition that women have, that right. we reflect, we contemplate before we listen, before acting. They kind of tend to act, you know, from the past, right. what worked and what didn't work. And a lot of times, to me, my, from my own experience, it, it served a purpose, whatever worked in the past, but we're always mm -hmm. renewing. There's always something new here that can be explored. So, right. And I'm always listening, but I see with him that's different. That's a really good point to round that out. Men are more rigid yeah. in their thought processes, whereas women, we are more fluid. And that's what causes a lot of issues. Women, we're like I said, we're so fluid, we're so magical, and men are like, boom, 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 A, B, C, one, two, three. And, that, and, and that's where the communication just comes and makes it a mess. <laughs> I know. Yes, I know. You see, so they need to see the world in a way, in a more magical way, right? Right, yeah. So we can be happy too. I mean, you know, be yeah. happy in a healthy, good way and not use up our resources and our energy trying to get it to where we need it to be. Right. Yeah, that's being objective, but at the same time, spiritual from my perspective. Right. So, The topic, the importance of self-care for men. So the very first question is, do you see a difference between self-care and self-love or are they one and the same from your perspective? That's a really um, great point. I believe if you really love yourself, you're going to take good mm. care of yourself. Mm. Um, you yeah. know, I just see that from my father. My father is a blue collar worker. He works at a mill, you know, used to rather. He works very hard, okay? So, but he doesn't use that as an excuse to not practice self-care. And that's because he really loves himself. He has his ritual. He has his routine. You know, if you really don't have a purpose, you know, if you're just lost, you're not going to have that self-love like you should because you just don't know what to do with yourself. You don't have a purpose. You just kind of, as I call it, bumping around in life. Whereas if you have that, you know, self-love, That kind of navigates how you perceive yourself and how you want to show up. Mm, yes, to me, that's exactly it. The foundation self-love, and that's a powerful one. If we can, right. like, if we can really tap into it in a genuine way. You said earlier, and you repeated again, the idea, the concept of having a purpose. So, right. How do we know when we um, are living our purpose and how do we find it in the first place, Tish? Yeah, that's, I mean, because a lot of people, you know, like I mentioned, I am a pharmacist. So why would I even think about having a coaching career on the side as well? Why, why would I even care? I mean, a career is one thing, but a purpose is just that You just know it's just it's, it's, it's really hard, to, you, but you have to be open to it. You have you have to be open. You have to know where you at in life and where you if you're not satisfied, if you always feel that dissension in your spirit, that means you have a purpose and you need to learn how to tap into it and what it can be. And it's always about serving someone else. So how can you a lot of times you could be intentional? How can you serve others and be good at it and, and make a point of making it your life mission. And it can be in the most subtle of ways. But yeah. So it's so true. So listening, being open, paying attention to our own selves. And I love the way you talk about this idea of purpose being connected to serving others. And I have right. heard that before many times. Why do you think that is? That's, I mean, what are we here for? Why, why are we on this earth? We're on this earth to serve one another. We're not on earth just on our own volition. We're not here just for us. We're here for each other to make each other better. That's the whole purpose of us being humans, being here. I mean, and so the quicker you understand that we're just not here for our own vanity or our own, you know, just to exist, we, we're here to make each other better, make each other great, make, you know, this is, I, it, it, I get so excited, you know, ah, and, yes. that's, and that's another yes, way, you so know, true. you have purpose when you talk and you start stuttering and you get excited. <laughs> that's when you know you're in your purpose. I just love, I mean, I'm an introvert. Okay. Like you do not understand. Like I am a weirdo introvert. I'm past introvert. I'm a weirdo with it, but I come out of my hole to serve others because that's my purpose. And it excites me. You know, you're in your purpose when you have energy. 
when your energy is different, when you're excited, not when you see it, see it as another job. Yes, yes, a billion times to that. It can be felt the way you speak, right? <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, yeah, it resonates true to the heart, yeah, to the core of what yes. this is called life. Yes. To me, that's um, uh, that's a, it's a very clear spiritual message. I know that a lot of times it would be better not to use the word spiritual. It's almost like, oh, it's, you know, it, it would be better if it would not, it wouldn't be necessary to use specific words for, for what you just said, you know, is this serving others? That's the purpose of life. That should be enough. But a lot of times it's not, we kind of divide, uh, you know, mm -hmm. we have a lot of, we make a lot of divisions and separations, um, science and then spirituality, religion and, and so many other things. But it's so simple, isn't it, Tish? It yeah, sounds we're very simple. Be we're spiritual beings. I mean, certain, certain things as humans, we just can't dance around and play word games on our verbal gymnastics. Spirituality is a thing, period. We are energy, period. That is all to it. Like how we harness it and how we control it. That's a whole different, you know, podcast, but that's, you know, that's not being spiritual or knowing that we're spiritual beings or any, is anything to shy away from. Like, why do people shy away from that in your um, professional opinion? In living a spiritual life that's, um, has everything to do with what you're doing and what you said about finding the purpose and recognizing that the purpose is to help others. We are not here for ourselves. Yeah. And from my understanding, it's there's no even self. The more we look for who am I, you can't find that that entity. It's I mean you can't find it in the mind about who who are we? The body, the mind, the thoughts, the memories, who knows? Yeah. Uh, the soul, but we don't really know. But this is very clear to me. Helping right. one another and living in a less selfish way or maybe not completely in a unselfish way in the sense of forgetting ourselves. I don't think that's oh, a good no. idea, right? Because women do that too. We tend to do right. that too. I did it myself. Right. You can't serve others if you're not serving yourself first. Yes. How can you fill someone else up if you all if you all bottomed out yourself? You can't do that. That's not serving. That's that's a disservice. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. The, yeah. That wouldn't help anyone. Right. So this is this wisdom in it. Right. So, It's uh, interesting when we start talking about these ideas that there's a lot more to it. There's it's very subtle right. the way we can navigate this reality in a in a very healthy way it has to do with uh, that balance. It might be a balance too. Yes, but it's it's a very it's a fascinating experience to me. I, it I, is. I can't help it, but just become very uh, curious and I'm very contemplative too, and uh, re I reflect a lot about these things. Sometimes right. too much. Let me try not to do a lot of reflections here on the podcast. So the article you sent me about that's from Psychology Today, written by Jeff Siegel. Yes. The first thing he said caught my attention. One of the first things uh, he said, do men need to be reminded to care for themselves? Is this not obvious? Like reminding someone not to die? Right. That caught my attention. Like, huh, interesting. Reminding yes. someone not, not to die. Talk to me about that for a moment, Tish. What is your understanding of self-care for men, how did you come to this, um, let's say, this revelation? Did you see this in your family too, around the men that you were with? Yes, I'd like to know more about your experience with men not taking care of themselves. Right. So this came from my um, profession as a pharmacist. So I've been a pharmacist for over 20 years, and I've seen a lot, I've been told a lot, because pharmacists We almost seen as the Catholic priest, you know, yes. we, they, we get in private and people will just run all their business, you know, they just have to let it all hang out. And they know by HIPAA, by HIPAA, we can't say anything. Yes, right, right. <laughs> so they, um, but I've really seen from, you know, working as a pharmacist, how the women are the ones getting the prescriptions. They are the ones that being compliant. They're the ones that's coming into the pharmacy to take care, you know, do self-care needs. Whereas the men, they only come in when they're literally Valeria. I had a man that came in that said that his he was bleeding from his breast. And what should he do for over the counter? 
And I'm like, dude, like you need to go to a doctor. What are you talking about? Why are you in a pharmacy and why are you not in an emergency room? So I just see all these concepts of, you know, men, they were more focusing on getting their Viagra versus getting their high blood pressure medication. So I've just seen all, you know, I've seen how husband and wives, how the husband dies, but the wife, she tends to perk up and thrive and be more alive. And that just shows me how the man was kind of running her down and taking all of her resources and keeping her from being her best self because he wasn't taking care of himself, you know? So it becomes like a two-way street where you're doing a two for one, you know, both people aren't doing the best and then the, the husband dies and then she's thriving. Or I see if the, the wife should unfortunately goes first, well, it's both unfortunate, but then the husband, he goes super downhill because he has no one to look after him to tell him basic things to do. So I've just seen all of this craziness from my uh, pharmacy career. And I'm like, these men need help. And a lot of times I can just, you know, just give them little feedback. And they are so proud to come back and like, you know what, I really started taking that vitamin and I feel better. And they just, they are so open to instruction. They just don't. They, I'm not sure if they just don't want to listen to the whys or what their problem is, but I see that I had a good communication where I know how to get through to them and they look forward to doing self-care needs by taking vitamins, by getting their prescription. You know, why are you worrying about that agro when you have the high blood pressure? Let's be realistic here. You know, I know how to really, you know, bring them back to the center. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and then plus seeing my, like I said, with my father, he is a very hardworking man with his hands, but he practiced self-care. You know, it can be done. And I see how he's living his best life. He, you know, has a lot, a lot of energy, a lot, a lot of longevity because he's practiced self-care first. And he takes really good care of my mother because of that, because he's taking care of himself. So I just like, you know, more men need to know this. More men need to be on that same page for our overall health of our marriages, of our relationships. Do you attribute this uh, lack of self-care to um, limited beliefs, fear? I know that Jeff Siegel, he called them men box mindsets. Yeah, I mean, he did make an excellent point where take self-care is seen as femininity as being feminine what he mentioned as well is keeping men from living a long and healthy life because of our culture so it's more of a cultural thing where you know commercials and women who are plus size we are being celebrated you know all kind of ways women live our lives we are celebrated whereas men you know they may get like a Stetson commercial that you know is they may get a dove for men commercial So everything is geared towards us, you know, self having self-care, but not any advocate enough needed for the men. It's not enough advocates for the men. It's the mindset of the culture that is more feminine and men tend to don't want to do anything that's seen as feminine, even if it's looked at as taking care of themselves. <laughs> yes. See, that's a misconception, right, about what masculinity is, what to be a, right. a man is, which to me is really... To be a human, that's how I see yes. men, women, I see everyone. It's just, we are humans. That's what we are. Right. You know, seeing my dad taking care of, you know, he would come home from a hard day of work. You know, he made sure my, my mother would keep us from jumping all over him as soon as he got off from work. You know, he took his scalding hot shower. He came out in his favorite robe with his towel wrapped around his neck. And he just laid in bed in silence, watched a little TV. And that was, a you know, make sure his nails were clipped, you know, make sure he was cleaned up. And that was his self-care routine every single day. And that was the most masculine thing. That was daddy's time. Okay. That, and that was very masculine. Okay. That was of high respect. He needed his time. So, um, you know, so men need to be more aware and more comfortable that self-care is not just a feminine trait and what's wrong with having a feminine trait, but it's not, it's like a human trait. Right. Oh <laughs> my God. Living a long and healthy life is not feminine. It is human. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so how did he learn your father? Do you think he learned it from his father? Do you know the backstory on that? 
I'm not really that. You know, that's an excellent question um, because my grandfather, he was a little more rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure how <laughs> he got down when he was younger. But I know even my dad today, he's still into his routine. So I'm not sure. Maybe it's the military, you know, because my dad is very much a man of routine. So, I mean, I know growing up with 15 kids in the household, you had to have law and structure. So, yeah, that's a really good question. I need to ask him that. Yes. Um, yeah, just came to me in the question. I guess some people, like we talked earlier, they just uh, have been that within themselves. It's just that they, something that yeah. they, right, a truth that they uncover and they embrace the, the self-truth. And that's beautiful. Right. Uh, and they trust that regardless of what society says, anybody says. I absolutely love that. I call it self-trust. Right. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Okay. Yeah, so regardless of what anybody says, you still do what you are called to do for yourself. Right. That sounds wonderful. It seems like it might be his case, but uh, I would love to know later on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he promoted us to do self-care too. I mean, like I always, you know, rag my guys about keeping, you know, even the little basics of keeping your nails clipped and trimmed. I mean, he made sure as women, you know, my sister and my brothers, you know, just the little things, the self-care things, he was on top of us as children. You know, so that's why I'm in a routine of self-care. I'm really big on my self-care or whatnot, you know, and I teach my daughter about self-care. So, yeah, so it stems from him being the leader in our family um, and having my mother being an amazing wife. As a couple, they just produce this whole system of, self-care and having a servant heart as well. So I attribute that both to my mom and my dad. Yes. How wonderful to hear that. Right. And a lot of us, we don't have that. So with my coaching, you know, I kind of just base everything off of that, you know, from what I've learned from my parents. Yes. Wow. And even if they didn't say anything, just the fact that they were embodying, you know, what they, right, they believed in, then that's really the message, uh, the embodiment of our own truth. That's the way we really learn. Exactly. But of course, they were very generous and they passed that on also with um, discipline, habits, just teaching right. verbally. So they did everything. How beautiful. And you're right, not all of us have a, a chance to, to have this kind of um, upbringing. I didn't. It may become so much harder, you know, to know what the truth is. And then we tend not to trust our own truth, you know, our own intuition. It was right. my case. So it's wonderful to have people like you as coaches to um, kind of direct us because we do need direction. And, you know, a lot of times it's regardless of age. Like my husband right. is 63, 64 now. And mm-hmm. I, I guide him a lot. Not, not to say that he doesn't guide me. He does that too in some aspects. But right. it's interesting. Like we all need guidance. We all do. We do. Yes, we need each other. We can learn. I mean, we're all different. We all have different mindsets, different experiences, and we're supposed to just pull it all together to make ourselves our best selves. That's what we're, that's what we're on this earth for. Yes, right. And being humble and open helps a lot, right, Tish? Yes, exactly. That's that's a big key, being open and humble. You're right, because a lot of people, they may want to teach you something, but they want to trash you on the way. <laughs> it's like, give me, like, give me a break. Yikes. Yes, yes. <laughs> so they, or they might be in pain, suffering, but they're too proud to ask for help. Right. It was my case too at some point of uh, going through a lot of challenges in life and not really feeling like I was I was strong enough to do on my own. And it wow. took me so much longer <laughs> to learn. Um, hands down, I would suggest anyone who is going through any difficulties of any kind, uh, especially in relationships, to seek a relationship, a health coach, life coach. Because we do need, it's just, I mean, it's incredible. To me, it's almost like a miracle how quick we can change when we have a wise person. It's like having a best friend, a person who wants the best for us, right, Tish, having a coach. Right. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's like having a, like you said, a really, really good friend. That's someone that's going to, that doesn't have a dog in their, in your fight per se, but they really are designed to give you that transformation and the results you need in the quickest way possible and not use up, and not use up all your energy and your life's yes. resources yes. in trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. It has been my experience with coaches too. They are incredibly helpful. 
and <laughs> fast, right? It happens really fast. Going back to the topic of the um, the six men box mindsets, the limiting beliefs, there's one that caught my attention. He says, if it doesn't hurt, it must not be working. Oh, yeah. That's a sad one, isn't it? About pain. Yes. Mm. I just had that experience um, at my uh, pharmacy job where this guy, he's in his 50s. And when he was a teenager, okay, so all these many years ago, he was told, you know, that, you know, he was lifting weights and he tore his arm, but it wasn't too torn to do surgery. So the doctor actually told him as a teenage boy, listen, you're just going to live a life of pain. There's nothing I can do for you. So just learn how to live with the pain. And this man is in his 50s now and been living with this shoulder pain since a teenager because of the man box mindset that men, you know, that makes you a man. That's just a part of your life. That's a part of your manhood now. That is granted, you know, and but now he's in his 50s and he's really going through pure heck <laughs> trying to find relief. And, it, you know, now he's realizing, hold up, this, you know, toughing it out is really not feasible. <laughs> and this is from a medical doctor from what he's saying. And I mean, and I've, and I've had my own experiences as a woman where, you know, you had medical issues or whatnot, and they kind of tell you to, you know, suck it up buttercup. So can you imagine more so for men? It's sad to see that this is not just something that I went through, that so many human beings um, kind of accept pain as a lifestyle, as a way of living. And it doesn't right. have to be this way. Right. Like, you know, they uh, said it takes love to make, you know, for love to turn out right. That's not true. No. <laughs> you yes. do not have to go through a lot of hurt in love to know that's the right one. That is the biggest untruth ever. So I, like you said, I'm not sure why as humans we're conditioned to accept pain. I'm not sure it's because it's a, it's a easy feeling. And so it's easy to accept maybe, you know, I'm not really sure, but it's something that, you know, we do not have to live in a life style of misery. Right. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yes, I agree. And might be one that not recognizing, not understanding what self-love is, and also being comfortable with what is known, because it, it was my experience, too, of it was okay, it was better for me to be in pain, because at least I knew oh, yeah. what, what that was, than going to the unknown, you know, something completely new and different, unfamiliar. Right. Yes. I mean, I'm going through that right now. Like right now I'm in a, uh, I'm going through a situation where I am, an, an, I'm in discipline. I, I'm in submission to what life is going to bring me, you know, and I can easily have a situation where it's painful. I can, you know, I'm always trying to figure stuff out, blah, blah, blah. But I don't, that, that lifestyle is chaotic and it's trashy and I don't want it. I want a life where is clarity there you know because pain is chaotic but peace is clarity i want peace and and that and that's self-love and that's knowing how the world is for you and not against you mm, yes Tish. yes oh my god yes there's so much i mean that's beautiful <laughs> to hear that again as a reminder and also to get closer to that truth yes right. life is Beautiful. I cannot say that life is is not painful because it could be, but it doesn't have to be suffering. It doesn't have to become something. We don't have to hold down to pain. Really not. We can have peace in the middle of a storm. Yes. Yeah. It is very, very much possible. Right. You can still have joy. Even though it's painful at the moment, you can still have that peace. You can still have that joy. That's what you call self-love and having control over your life where you can have the most wicked thing or the most craziest thing happen, but you like, you know what? It's, this too will pass. It'll, it's going to be all good. You know, it'll, I'll smile again tomorrow. Right now, I'm going through it. <laughs> going through it. <laughs> yes, right. That's You see, that takes a, yeah, it's a different mindset. It's um, like a lot of people say, it's a shift. I interviewed somebody yesterday about shifting the mind. Meditation mm-hmm. is a great way. There's so many techniques 
but basically knowing that we can be in a very difficult situation now, the mind could be chaotic in this moment, but in the next five minutes, it could be completely clear. Completely Just, clear. It, that takes that commitment, doesn't it, Tish? Oh, to, yeah. Right? You or, have to whip it in shape. You got to whip yourself in shape to be on that level, honey. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. I would wish for everyone. I was a mess, Valeria. I was a hot mess. I've been married three times. When I, when you when we talk about pain, when we talking about putting yourself through some pain or being pain inflicted upon. So it's not like I'm just sitting pretty. I had open heart surgery. I had a lot of different things that went down in my life, but I'm still here sitting with joy because I took the time to do the work. And I, I mean, and I'm not where I want to be a thousand percent in life. Like who is, but I am always living in purpose and always living in expectation. And that just makes life so awesome. Mm. It is so awesome. This <laughs> is <just> awesome. <laughs> yes. I love the way you say that too. Living in purpose. Right? Living in it. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's almost like as if the vision I have is almost purpose has taken over you and it's you're like floating and, and flowing with life as life itself. Right. Because, I mean, what can we do? What else can we do? We have options. What else can we do, though? But embrace life. Know that it's one. Like I said, life is for us. It's not against us. If we don't see life as our enemy, then we're going to work it to make it the best ever. Mm. This is the best. Yeah. No matter what you're going through, it's just, you know, it's for a lesson. Learn the lesson. And I mean, I know it's easier said than done. But that's where you come back down to that that foundation, that spiritual foundation, having that anchor. So, yes, I, I, I sound like I'm floating and I am floating on purpose and love and all that. But I am anchored. Because, you know, I am I am very in, in peace. Yeah. And you sound like it. Yeah, very mm-hmm. nice. Sound like it. Thank you. That's an inspiration <laughs> for all of us because... You know, some people think that's not possible, you know, that oh, yeah. they are not seeing the possibilities because you have tapped into the the infinite, limitless possibilities. Yes. That That's what we are, essentially. Yes. So when we are there, that's it. Then why just see one thing when we can see a thousand things? <laughs> right. That's the goal. It's so much that's more fun. Goal. Yeah. That's the goal. The way, the way you and me are talking, that's the goal to get to that point of peace and clarity. That's where everyone should be. Right. You know, even like I said, my life isn't perfect right now. I'm not where I want to be, but I know I know what's coming. I don't know exactly what, but I know something is. Yes, you see that trust, right? That sense of curiosity and trust. Right. Yes. That's it. Beautifully said. I love your message. I love the way you express yourself, your truth. It's heartfelt and there's a felt understanding intellectually and physically, too. It feels good to be in your presence. So that's when I know. You make it really easy, though. <laughs> oh, my God. I love these conversations. Remember, off record, I think we talked about why I do this. Deeper right? conversations. That's what <laughs> I'm all about. So we're almost at the end. And I do have a few more questions for you, Tish. But before that, I know what we didn't mention. We didn't talk about a lot of the um, the main box mindsets written by Jeff Siegel. Would yes. you like to kind of mention another one? I have them in front of me here and or anything else that you left unsaid for today's conversation? Um, well, the thing with most men, from my experience, if it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. Uh, so a lot yeah. of so a lot of times with self-care, men kind of neglect it because they're overworking. They're thinking money, 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 resources, resources, resources. Um, and they forget themselves in the mix or they don't understand if you take care of yourself, you can do things even better with less energy <laughs> and, and save that energy for what matters, which is your relationships. So, yeah, so that was a big part that I see a lot that men do neglect themselves. But overall, with the, the main premise that I really enjoy about the article and, you know, with men um, letting them know is, Living a long and healthy life is not just for women. It's not. Ten, men tend to die at a, you know, 10%. They've died 10 years sooner than women, statistically. Okay. I mean, so we want men around and we want to be our best selves. We don't want to have to take care or use all our resources, and our magic to have to be a nurse, per se. 
you know, I want to advocate for them to do their own heavy lifting, you know, so we don't have to be like, well, are you going to the doctor? You're sick, begging a man who was literally bleeding from his breast (laughs) to go to the doctor. Can Can you imagine that poor wife? I know she was like, dude, I don't care what you do. I can't like, dude, you go to a pharmacy for this. Yes. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so imagine his self-care, imagine his relationship, you know, if he's in that mindset. So, yeah. So the big overall thing is, is not, you know, yes, our society groom men to just be one way, but you have to practice self-care. You have, you have to make it a part of your lifestyle. You have to be a part of who you are. That's all to it. And it's not just for them. It's just for the overall community to be our best selves, to be better people in general. In the end of the article, he writes something interesting too, related to what he just said. Uh, he, I think he closed the article this way. He says, self-care begins with the body, but doesn't end there. Mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being are interconnected with physical health and deserve equal attention and protection. Right. And so true. They all connect the mental, the emotional, the spiritual. So right. it goes back to self-knowledge, right? Self-trust, self-knowledge. It is, and to me, I have to say, it is um, it is a spiritual awakening. Once we get to know what we are spiritually, then it's right. so much easier to um, take care of all the other aspects. From my experience, has been true. Right. You have to, you just have to be self-aware. I, you would be, I mean, you wouldn't be surprised because you do what you do all the time, but you know, how many people who aren't just self-aware, who don't, how can you, how can you know your wife if you don't even know who you are to the core? Mm, If you don't know who you are to the core, how do you, you know, so I just have so many stories and examples, how men will tell me stuff in the first five minutes of our coaching that they might have no clue about their, like, for example, their childhood or something. And what, so what kind of relationship, I mean, how kind of, what kind of deepness are we having? You know, what kind of happiness are we having if everything is just scratched on the surface? I mean, uh, you know, so that's just really why I get excited. That's why I love working with the guys because women, we all go, we are nurturing and loving by nature we're kind of burnt out on having to do all the heavy lifting when it comes to the quality and the happiness of our relationships. We're kind of burnt out. Okay. So it's time to, it's time for the guys to kind of do their part. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the part. Yeah. Very much needed. Yeah. That's a great message. Uh, Wow. I didn't expect to hear that. So true. Oh, yeah. I've been getting on them. Larry, I don't be playing with these guys, honey. I don't play with them. Okay. Oh, good, Tish. Good, good. Go for it. We need your help. So I want to mention on your website, you offer uh, one on one coaching, the services. You also have a course titled the authentic alpha signature course right so do you also offer these sessions online one-on-one online and uh, in person or they're just in person or online oh no um, i work mostly virtually because i have clients from all over the united states you know i live in um, north carolina so when i i may see a client every so often but i usually keep it virtual to keep it consistent um and to be able to expand out to more clients that need my expertise and help. Um, so yes, I, I work one-on-one. So and I, I love it. I love, I love coaching. I absolutely love it. I learned so much for myself and it keeps me growing as a person too. It really, really does. And, it, and the thing is, it keeps you accountable, Valeria. I can't be a coach if I'm not, if I'm a crappy person or if I'm not living the, my life the way I'm supposed to live it, it keeps you in alignment. And I love that because sometimes as humans, I don't know about you, Valeria, but sometimes I want to go off road. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> I just want to be crazy. <laughs> right. But I think about my clients. I think about their wives. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't, how can I get this man to be this awesome husband to this wonderful woman if I'm not a great person myself, if I'm out of alignment? So. That's what I, I just love the whole system of. It. I just absolutely adore it. Love it. So yes, blessed. Yeah. So blessed to have the opportunity to give for it. <laughs> Even the observation <laughs> to make this observation, it um, yeah, it shows that you're you're swimming in wisdom. That's what oh, I hear. Yeah, That's I very wise. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. It is easy to give in to fear 
and just do the things that, let's say, it's easier, right? Just it's right here and, and wants to be expressed. Uh, right. Resentment, anger easy. and all that. But there's another part of us that's, um, it can be, uh, let's say, enhanced and practiced, mm, which I call yes. it wisdom. And that's, um, right, it, it just, it pauses a lot. It doesn't react. It doesn't respond to anything that fast. So it, right. that, that takes commitment. So thank you for being committed to this, to do something that's very meaningful, for, not just for yourself, but for others. And that's what I, I live for, too, when it comes to doing things like right. uh, this podcast, writing, whatever I do. Is, is that good? The question is, is that good for me and others or just for me? And then when the answer is good, it benefits me and others, that's when I know it's connected with purpose and something that's... Um, is of a higher ground, per se. Like you said, right. ground zero in a belief system that's worth embodying. Right. So thank you yes. so much for your presence, Tish, in this reality. Thank wow, you. Wow, I appreciate you so much. You bring out the best in me. So, oh, I mean, you God. do it quick, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think the presence, right? We When we come from that place of truth, it's... Uh, it's easy. It's so much easier. I talk right. about being easy to, you know, have bad habits and all that. But I think it's even easier to just come from truth. Huh. Right. So it relates to peace and clarity, as you mentioned earlier. And right. love. That's essentially who, what we are. Exactly. That, that does bring the clarity. You're so right about that. <laughs> so I have the ending questions. Let me see which ones to ask. And then I have a technical one about where to find you. But yeah, I'll ask okay. you this one, Tish. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? I want everyone to be able to live in peace. I want them to have that gift of having peace in the middle of a storm. I want them to have a servant heart to just look at one person as they walk by, scan them up and down and think of one nice thing to say to them and actually do it. Um, that would be so wonderful. And, um, and the last truth, Ah, uh, um, don't let your rock bottom, you know, if you have a rock bottom, rock it, you know, <laughs> I mean, you didn't go, you didn't, you didn't do that rock bottom for nothing. We don't go through stuff like this for, you know, rock bottom for nothing. So if you've gone through a rock bottom, rock it out, make it good for other people. Don't keep it as bad news or a bad experience just for you It is done for a purpose. It's your megaphone. You felt the pain. Now you help people out of pain. So that's that's the three truths I want people. I probably didn't answer that right, but in my own little brain, I kind of think I did. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. Uh, I think even if you said nothing, if you was silent, it would be a wisdom right there. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, thank you so much for your beautiful intention. I, I can hear that in your voice again. The clarity, the peace, it's just the embodiment of everything that you are you're doing. It's really beautiful thank to see you. that people being what the message is, not just delivering a message, but being the right. message. So right. thank you, Tish. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it out of me so easily. <laughs> so before we say goodbye for today, where's the best place to find more information about you and your work as a relationship in, in health coach? Um, I have a podcast on YouTube that's called Men's Relationship and Health. And basically, ladies, I really get down to the nitty gritty of what we need as women um, is I help the men out to help us out. OK, because it's really all about us ladies. OK, I'm still yes. but, um, <laughs> In the end, yes. <laughs> in the end, yes. True. Um, yes, we're queens. Instead of working the woman angle, I mean, listen, we we, we know what's up. But yeah, let's go where, the, where we really need it at. So I have a YouTube channel. It's called Men's Relationship and Health. Um, I have my um, my phone number there, that I, you know, and uh, my website and everything. And that's the best way to contact me. And I have my website, too. But I like people to really listen to my podcast and just really feel that down home realness about love and relationships and me getting these guys to do right. Mm, yes, <laughs> beautiful. Um, we do need help in, in that sector, I have to say. And that, you know, I love the way your approach to this. It's very gentle. It's fun. It's, right. if it's wise. What is not to love about it? So the website is tishsaintmary.live. So I'll yes. have the website on your podcast profile and also the YouTube channel. 
Thank you so much again, Tish, for your presence here today, and we'll talk soon. Bye All right. Now. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Tish St. Mary and her work, please visit tishstmary.live and youtube.com backslash at sweet tish. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.